Chicago Lighthouse Media presents The Unseen Show, hosted by Sandy Murillo, Brett Shishkoff, Jose Martinez, and Mike Colley. Let's say that you are half asleep and then suddenly you hear an alarm. It's like, yeah, you're wide awake now. What do you do? You guys know what how to be prepared for a t- tornado. We've had some shootings and stuff that have happened in, in our country as of late, and those are emergency situations. Hello once again, everyone. This is our Unseen Show podcast broadcasting here from Chris Radio and the Chicago Lighthouse in Studio C. I am Sandy Murillo. I am Brett Shishkoff. I'm Jose Martinez. And Mike Colling. And it sounds like everyone is eager to get the show running. Yeah, we're. it sounds like we're half asleep. Um, so the show should uh, hopefully pick up some energy. We can only go up from where we just were. So um, let's well, hope that to think it about. gets better. Here's something to think about, right? Mm-hmm. Let's say that you are half asleep and then suddenly you hear an alarm. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, yeah, you're wide awake now. What do you do? Hmm. And I think it depends on everybody's situation. Because, uh, yeah, today we are talking about what to do in an emergency situation. Yeah, Jose. And, you know, there's right now it's the hurricane season. We've unfortunately heard of uh, volcanoes erupting in Guatemala, Hawaii. And it really gets people thinking, especially those of us with disabilities, uh, emergency preparedness is something that. I, at least for me personally, I don't give as much thought to as I probably should have. But it's and it's an important topic, you know. Yeah, I think that a lot of times we are uh, we don't really think about it until it happens. And we've seen all these situations across the country and across the world where uh, the seniors and the, uh, people with disabilities tend to be the ones forgotten, and they ha- end up being a higher percentage of people who are either seriously injured or end up uh, being killed by these natural disasters. And so we felt like it would be a good topic to cover just because, well, it is nice outside. Uh, Currently, we are getting into the summer months, but we also have to deal with tornadoes here in Illinois. And so if that ended up coming through, uh, what, what would you guys do? Like, do you guys know what, how to be prepared for a tornado? Like, has anyone gone over that specifically with you guys? Well, you know, um, in school, I remember the old tornado drills, Mm -hmm. which for us was someone told you that it was a tornado drill. There Mm -hmm. was no alarm. There was no air raid siren. They didn't put the air raid siren on, although they still conduct the tests. Right. So it's like, all right, everybody get up, go to your lockers and uh, place your forehead and your hands on your locker. That's what you were supposed That's to do. That's what you. Yes. Like you, you're under the, you're under arrest. Put your hands on your locker. Like that's no, what it no. Seems it was like. more like it was more like place your hands, um, behind your head. Okay. And put your forehead on the locker. Would they have you get down on the ground at all, or was it you guys were standing while doing that this? part? I don't remember. Okay. I remember with us that what you're describing, Jose. It sounds very familiar, and I do remember them having us on. Uh, get down on the floor 
so that mm-hmm. might have been. Okay, maybe they did. I, I really don't remember. Been, I know. Point. For me, it's been a long time, too, Jose. So which... where I live is the supported living facility for the blind, and they do tornado drills uh, once a year to kind of show us what the process is. And being in an apartment building, we are all supposed to get out of our rooms because each one of our rooms has windows. And we're supposed to go in the hallway and then just sit basically next to the wall um, that's closest to our room until we are given the okay to go back into our rooms because the hallways themselves, there are no um, windows or anything that can really fall on us unless literally the – well, on my floor, I'm on the second floor if it ends up going – through the first three floors of the building, then I might have to worry about something falling on me, which would be the rest of the building, which would be painful. Um, But yeah, it's basically, there's processes that are involved for like different occurrences. So like the fire drill that they have there, um, it ends up, uh, we would actually end up having to leave, go down that same hallway that we are supposed to stay in during a tornado drill there's a stairway that we take that goes out um and we're supposed to go across the street and then go into the parking lot of a restaurant that's across the street from us and so on the side of the building that i'm on that's that's the process of trying to get out of the building they haven't really practiced it enough of having the residents go out and show them where exactly they're supposed to go um, so the the staff themselves, I believe, are supposed to wait outside those doors and help people cross the street to get to the parking lot. So um, those are the processes that at least my apartment building has for both tornadoes and fire drills. And those are the main things that we would be concerned about here. Um, I know, Sandy, you've talked to somebody from Red Cross uh, for one of our other shows that we do, um, and they had some kind of not tricks or anything like that, but some recommendations of things that they, that we could do. Um, do you remember any of those exactly of what sh- that person said? Yeah. So I spoke with someone from uh, FEMA actually, okay. and they covered a lot of um, tips for emergency preparedness uh, with natural disasters like hurricanes, earthquakes, and, you know, it's simple tips that, that take you know, preparation, Mm -hmm. for example, for people with uh, disabilities or with visual impairments, rather, have, you know, a way of having notes, Um, you know, your, while your iPhone and your computer is great, you know, they might lose power um, during the natural disaster. So have another way of of, um, making notes, whether that be Braille or whatever other uh, method, you have have extra if you have a uh, if you're a dog guide user if or if you use a service dog, um, have extra food, uh, mm-hmm. extra water, you know. For if you have any other medical conditions, have uh, extra medication or um, batteries or whatever you might you know. So it's 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 a handful of tips that, like I said, while they sound simple. I know for me, and <laughs> I'm honestly ashamed to say, but I've, I've never really um, stopped myself to really think about it and, I guess, prepare. I was going to say, I, I hope you weren't going to say to take notes on your dog if you're a guide dog. Well, I mean, that's no. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think Poet would appreciate that very well, much. Would Poet be able to memorize anything, Brett? 
the route to get across the street, he should be able to figure out how to do that. He does it on a regular basis. So, um, But, yeah, I have actually a bag that I bring with me sure. everywhere I go, so it's pretty easy for me to just grab that and go with uh, whoever if I need to follow somebody out or whatnot. I would already be prepared because I, I bring that bag with me, and it has all those things that you actually said that they recommend you having. So... Um, that's good to know that I already am relatively prepared for a certain situation already. Um, I'd imagine you, maybe like a, I, I a could we- learn from you. <laughs> I'd imagine maybe like a weather radio would be a good a good idea of something to have. I know they have some that you can actually. Uh, they are battery operated, but they also have ones where they're like crank operated. I as have well. one of them. I actually got mm-hmm. it. Uh, I my uncle didn't want it anymore. I got one, and um, it's pretty neat. And, it? You know, it's a good way to. You know, to fidget too, because you're just cranking and cranking yeah, and cranking. Yeah. Uh, it it was a basic AM/FM radio, didn't have any NOAA or mm-hmm. anything like yeah. that. Sure. Uh, there are some apparently with cell phone chargers. I would be interested in one of those, and I think many of us would be because um, you know because you can add some extra juice to your phone if you need it, and then just save the phone for when you really really need it. Yeah. Uh, I know up here we also have, like, flooding and stuff like that that could happen. Um, I'd imagine, like, that would be a bit difficult for us as individuals who are blind, visually impaired. The flooding issue, did that person from FEMA say anything about, like, what we should do specifically in a situation like a hurricane or the flooding, do we wait inside our house? Do we get on top of the house and start waving people in? Like, what do they want us to do as people with disabilities? You know, it really depends um, on the situation. And I know it's been a while uh, since I did this interview, mm-hmm. but, um, you know, it really depends. Oh, I do have to say that uh, FEMA, they do offer not specific shelters for people with disabilities, but rather they help individuals with disabilities uh, get accommodations. You know, if you, for whatever reason, like you said, if it's your house is flooding and you have to escape and you have to go to a FEMA shelter, you know, they can point you to what resources are available, whether that be a, a telephone, a video telephone for the deaf Mm-hmm. Uh, information in Braille, whatever uh, resources uh, you might need. So I, I do have to point out, though, that a couple years ago, I interviewed Henry Butler, who is a pretty well-known jazz uh, musician who is blind. Okay. And he actually was in Louisiana when Katrina hit. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the things that he pointed out, Brett, that there is, you know, the accessibility uh, is still... Unfortunately, lagging, there is still much more to be done when it comes to people with disabilities. What did he go through? So he was in New Orleans, um, and I believe he wanted, like, accessibility information or just information or, or information on what uh, where the nearest shelter was or I should say accessible publications um, uh, information. And... Like, there really wasn't a lot um, out there. He couldn't even get through uh, to the, through the FEMA website. He couldn't make contact with anyone. And it took him, I believe, it took him, he had to write to, like, local politicians or 
the media. So this was a long, drawn-out process for him, yes. it sounds Yes, you know, like. it's not, he couldn't get the help uh, immediately is what it comes down to. Yeah, unfortunately, I think that it's still, it's pretty bad in most places. Like, I, I know that there's been stories even from, like, Hurricane Harvey um, and then uh, just this past year with in Puerto Rico, uh, there was a lot of people who were forgotten. And then in Florida, there were um, like senior homes that went multiple days without having like any air conditioning and multiple mm-hmm. people passed mm-hmm. away because of uh, the lack of electricity. And so like all of these tips we're giving you are to try and help you be pre- as prepared as possible. And we do understand that not every area of the country has the same help as other parts of the country, and that is unfortunate. But we we want to try and put you in uh, the best position to hopefully uh, – I hate to use the pun, but keep your head above water until help does come. Uh, and so, In some cases, literally. Yeah, you know? and so – it, it it's it's very very tough because I think the the government FEMA uh, they seem to not see it as a dire situation and for seniors and with us having a lot more baby boomers that continue each day to be part of that you're going to need more and more help and so I think with all of these situations we've had with all the hurricanes and the lack of help we should be learning from these mistakes that we've made over the last few years. And it doesn't seem like we're moving in, in a, uh, as fast as we should there, there's lots of tips and tricks that FEMA will give you that, that person who did the interview, that's great that they actually were able to come and give those tips, but we need to have a little bit more of an overarching understanding of like, okay, a person who's blind, what do they need from us as FEMA to be able to help them? And, it sounds like with this gentleman that you interviewed, having like electronic version or braille versions of whatever they're handing out pamphlet wise, um, that would be, you know, what we would need. Also, probably just transportation. That Absolutely. would be another one that would Absolutely. be a really important part of being able to get from your home, which could be underwater, could no longer have a be there if you're, you know, a hurricane or tornado, all of a sudden your house is no longer even standing. We need to be able to know that someone's coming to be able to help take care of the situation and get us to a shelter. And so I think there are there are ways to help and I I just wish that FEMA and these other organizations would kind of talk to the disabled community a little bit more on what is necessary if someone needs, say, electricity for their respirator. Um, How how are they keeping track of these people and making sure that these are the people who need the help first because they themselves without having a respirator could die within hours of the situation where maybe somebody else it could be days for them to be able to survive in a certain situation. And so that gets kind of sticky because everybody wants to be saved as fast as possible. But I I do believe that we do have to prioritize to a certain, uh, a certain amount people with disabilities because of the medical conditions that a lot of them do have could be the, uh, could be the difference between them being alive or dead by the time you get to them a day sooner or a day later. 
Now, Mike, you've been very quiet over <laughs> over there. <laughs> you know, I know that we've talked about tips for people with disabilities, but I would imagine that some of these also apply to you know someone who is sighted or doesn't doesn't have a disability. Oh, probably. What What, what are your thoughts? I mean, I mean, I've never even thought about it. No, you know? no, I'm. I'm There's I'm with no. You. There, it's one of those things that I, you know, they, you just don't think about because it doesn't seem so real. Uh, We're in, in Illinois. Moment, right? You know, we've never been hit by hurricanes. Yeah, I mean, any of I remember like tornadoes when right. I was a kid, and you get, you know, you have the odd fire here and there. And I live in a high rise, and I guess I never even thought about it, but that makes the whole fire thing a little bit different. Sandy, you live with your family. Does your family kind of know how to handle, you know, tornadoes or anything like that? Of like how to help you? Have you gone over that at all with your family? I mean, we know the basics about mm-hmm. going into the basement and right. stuff, mm-hmm. but that's really about it. Okay. Do you, you know, guys have like a – I know like sometimes they'll tell you to like prepare. Like do you guys have like a, a preparation kit like water and a cooler, like cases of water down in your basement, um, you know, batteries, flashlights, any of those type of things? I mean, we have batteries and flashlights, although it's like, you know, now that I think about it, I don't know if they would last us throughout – <laughs> you know, the emergency, because, mm-hmm. you know, again, it's one of those things that, you know, I think, unfortunately, for all of us, we haven't um, thought about as much as we probably should. So I know, like, for me, I know how to handle those situations from when I was sighted. And there's been, I think, one tornado warning that I was a part of out by my parents' house that we had to go in the basement and they actually spotted tornadoes that were within not even like a half a mile from my house. And so, um, uh, we went down into the basement and my dad had his, uh, weather like radio, um, that we ended up were using, but one of us was out and my family, one of my family members was out and we were trying to call them. And, and so, we were having trouble getting a hold of them because of the storms. And I think everybody was trying to contact everybody else of their families. And so that is something that's kind of scary as like, okay, if I didn't have my cell phone to call for help, if something happened, how would I get somebody to help me? And those are kind of like, you know, you kind of think of worst case scenarios sometimes when these things are happening. I just, I wonder how, how to handle certain situations like that. And so I wonder you know, should I get a flare gun? Like, do I do something like that just in case? Um, did a, the FEMA person say anything like that of like, should we have any type of signal flares or anything like that to be able to get people's attention or not really? You know, I don't recall that, Brett, honestly. Okay. Them saying anything like that. But I mean, it is some, some food for thought. Yeah. Because that is one of the priorities for us to find our family or friends or you know, if anything, make sure that they, they're doing okay. Right, yeah. Um, going back to your tornado stories, I, you know, as you guys know, out in Champaign, um, they get quite a few tornado warnings, mm-hmm. um, at least. I was actually, well, we were actually in um, history class. And, like, I, I only remember it because it was, like, the last day of class. We were reviewing for our final exam. You know, everything was... Okay, I mean, we heard rain. We heard that it was really coming down really hard out there. It was windy. And, you know, we didn't think about it. We were just there with a professor reviewing the stuff. 
Um, she was a pretty popular professor that we all liked. But all of a sudden, like the PowerPoint goes, the the power rather goes out, and we heard the tornado uh, alarm go off. So, you know, I think we were all for a lo- at, at a loss because, like, I don't think any of us really knew like where we were supposed to go or what mm-hmm. we were supposed to do. And like, honestly, the professor, um, she was great. Um, she actually personally, uh, you know, offered me her elbow so that I could walk with her. And we headed over to the basement. Um, Luckily, it was one of those things that they spotted the tornado, but it really never touched down or however you call that. Mm -hmm. Uh, But they could see the funnel cloud. Um, But it really got me thinking about, you know, when we're in unfamiliar places or, you know, buildings that we're not too familiar with, like, I think that's also important. For us to familiarize ourselves in buildings that we will be frequenting uh, pretty often mm-hmm. about the emergency exits or where the basement is or whatever uh, it might be. That's kind of interesting. Have you, any of you guys, when you guys were in college, did you guys go over emergency situations? Not that I recall. No, not really. Nope. Nope. That's kind of, yeah, because in all the other schooling we've had, they've gone over that. I wonder why they wouldn't do it in universities. That's very strange. They probably because do we're now adults. a little bit more. I think it depends on where you are too. I mean, because of where, because of where we are, it's not that natural disasters don't occur because they yeah. most certainly do. Yeah. But I think people are more uh, aware of how to deal with you know rain and thunder and lightning and and whatnot. And 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 of course we're the windy city, so people just always used to win around here. So. Yeah. Yeah. One of the things I think we we're talking a lot about like natural disasters and emergencies like that, but we've had some shootings and stuff that have happened in our country mm-hmm. as of late, and those are emergency situations that I'm not entirely sure how I would handle. Like no. if somebody came to my place of work, which we all work at the lighthouse, if somebody came to the lighthouse, do we know how to handle those situations? I know Sandy, you're part of the emergency. Uh, the committee, safety committee. The safety committee. That's what as of about a month ago so or less. Do they go over any of those situations in the safety meeting? What do they consist of exactly? You know, um, this will be my first time attending a media a okay. meeting. Again, this was very recent, but um, I have seen that they do go over like the different security measures we have in place mm-hmm. uh, and stuff. But that's, you know, that's an interesting point. I don't think that, at least for me, either. I'm not. I, I honestly don't know. Because we've had we've had bomb threats and stuff here at the lighthouse, and so one of them I believe that we had, or gas leaks at least. Gas so leaks. So yeah. I would imagine yeah. maybe gas leaks or like bomb threats or anything like that, maybe would be a relatively similar situation of everybody just try and get out of the building as fast as possible, but in an orderly fashion, mm-hmm. similar to what we do for our, fi- our fire uh, safety here. Um, but as of like shootings, if somebody's coming in, I just wonder how to handle that. Like here in 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 the studio, I potentially could be one of the safest people. I close the door, hide under my desk, and these rooms are pretty well insulated and stuff like that. Uh, I wouldn't be able to get out if they came into my studio. But it ends up that the, I would imagine that you probably just try and stay where you are. Kind of what they do with with a lot of the schools. A lot of them basically say, you know, get under the desk. Um, I'd imagine that's probably 
relatively similar. I wonder if that's something that we should maybe like consider talking to the safety committee about of like being prepared for that type of stuff since it is happening everywhere in the country. Maybe it's just something just in the back of our heads that we should be prepared for just in case they do it for schools. I think here at the lighthouse, we probably should consider something like that. Especially considering Brett, that we do have, you know, we do have a vulnerable population, you know, people with different types of disabilities Mm -hmm. or other health concerns. Yeah. You know, I always think about like the kids uh, in our school, which have, um, you know, multiple severe uh, disabilities. So it really makes you think and, how uh, vulnerable uh, this population You brought up a good point. I mean, just the fact that we are a registered school mm-hmm. will require us to meet certain criteria for safety planning and all that stuff mm-hmm. or for what you permit and don't permit. And also, you know, security has got to be on the lookout for stuff, yes. watching out for stuff and everything. So, you know, I believe like our securities, they're pretty on top of like making sure cars aren't being idle outside the, the um, you know, outside the entrances and stuff like that. And those are like first and foremost, I think what most people concentrate on are cars potentially um, just because, you know, if there is a car sitting there for a while, there could be potential explosives. Who knows if somebody's just trying to scout out a building. Um, and so I know our security is pretty good at like trying to get in people in and out as fast as possible. Um, so I I wonder if, yes, it's for more of like getting more people into the building as fast as possible because we have so much traffic coming in and out of the building, but I also think maybe they're doing it for safety purposes as well. Um, it's just interesting because like, I never really thought about it being here, but with the, with us talking about emergency situations, I felt like we haven't really covered that here at the lighthouse and maybe it's something that we should potentially just start covering a little bit more. A lot of things to think yeah. about. There's plans in place. I mean, okay. I know that. And that is the reason that we only have the one entrance is so that you can control the flow of people in mm-hmm. and out of the building and why security is up there along with, you know, everybody else. The front desk, everyone else. Yeah. And the sign in sheet and all of that. Stuff, yeah. So. Mm-hmm. And I mean, we also have, uh, you know, the campus police are right here, too. Yeah. The mm-hmm. UIC campus police. Yep. Hats off to them, by the way. You know, you got to give it to these um, police officers and firefighters, people who go out in these natural disasters or and or uh, terrorist attacks and things like this and I put know. their lives on the line to save others. You have been listening to The On Scene Show. Uh, We've enjoyed talking about this with you guys today. I am Brett Shishkoff. I am Sandy Murillo. I'm Jose Martinez. And Mike Colling. And we will be back again next week with another great episode. Talk to you guys soon.